Welcome to Products to Profits with Sarah J. Cross, the podcast for creative product fempreneurs who want to play a bigger game and upscale their business. This week's episode is brought to you by the Creative Product Institute. It's time to scale your business to the next level, stop wearing all the hats, and get the business and life balance that you dream of. Head to sarahjcross.com for more information. Well, hello, hello, and welcome to the show. I'm Sarah J. Cross, and I'm here to support you on your journey to becoming a successful product business owner with tips, strategies, and stories to support and guide you through the good times and the challenges of running a product-based business. Today, I'm so excited. We're talking with the lovely Jasmine, who is from Jasmine Designs, and she is a pricing queen. She helps creatives to bake profit into their pricing. And Jasmine has been a business owner and a designer for well over 14 years. Welcome, Jasmine. Thank you so much for having me, Sarah. It is wonderful to be here. Oh, likewise. And you and I have actually, we met, I did a, um, a little workshop when I was getting started about five years ago, and you were at that workshop and we actually connected back then. More than connected, I'm pretty sure I came up to you afterwards and I was like, can I hug you? Because we're the same person. <laughs> Physically, you connected as well. <laughs> and it was really nice to get that validation that someone else kind of, you know, like we were talking earlier before the recording, that we actually are really aligned. You know, we're in the creative space. We love helping women, working with other women to help them. Um, you know, you've had a really successful graphic design business. And we've, you know, connected on that level, but we also had a lot of our values and our beliefs. You know, I think that's why you wanted to give me a hug because you were just like, oh, you just, you know, you you think like me. Yeah. Yeah. It was like every single part of the being was just like, hug her now. She's just great. <laughs> and that's the thing, like, you know, um, I think as soon as we surround ourselves with other people who see our crazy flags, we kind of go, yeah. oh, cool. You can hang. Yeah. We can hang. This is great. Yeah. I don't feel yeah. so alone, which is a, what a lot of business ownership is, is just trying yeah. to find your people. It, it can be quite an isolating, lonely place if you are doing it on your own. It can be really hard going if you've got no sounding board or no like-minded, um, you know, people around you that get what you're going through. Mm, most definitely. It's it's probably one of the most isolating things is yeah. trying to actually work it out on your own without having someone around, which is why, you know, people go into partnerships and into to groups or go into co-working spaces. Yeah. And so, yeah, once you find your people, kind of literally grab onto them. Yeah, don't leave. Yeah. <laughs> so, Jazz, why is it so important for business owners to get their pricing right? So you want to kind of think about your pricing as one of the key elements in your business's positioning. So in addition to what your business does or what product it sells or like the way you run your business, whether it's online or bricks and mortar, um, as well as cosmetic things like branding and your logo and the colors, your pricing actually places you in the market, kind of puts you, picks you up and puts you where it thinks you should sit. So if you think about the word luxury, you straight away think expensive. Mm. If you think about accessible, it generally means affordable. So the way that you price your business, whether it be high-end, low-end, whatever it ends up being, actually becomes part of your brand um, and how people kind of associate with your brand. And when it comes to getting your price right and getting it right from the start, 
the fact of the matter is if you start off low, you have further to go. But if you start off high, you also might be pricing yourself out of the running of your ideal customer. So it's about finding that balance between creating the perception of value with the ability for your ideal customer to actually buy from you. Because if you don't have that, if you don't actually make it possible for your ideal customer to be purchasing from you, you don't actually have a business. You just have a really expensive hobby that takes up all of your time and all of your cash. And there are lots and lots of those out there too. Yeah, most definitely. And, you know, it's, it becomes one of the fast failings of a lot of businesses is that they go, I want to be accessible. Okay. I'm now too accessible and I'm also not making enough money or I want to be really expensive, but no one can actually understand why I'm so expensive and therefore they don't see my value. I don't make any money. I go bankrupt and there's no point. Finding that really like nice, happy medium. Yeah, for sure. That that sweet spot. So Do you find that most creatives are flying blind when it comes to pricing? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's kind of a twofer. So I think it's massively due to mindset and also massively due to guilt. So just because you enjoy what you do doesn't mean that you should be feeling bad about charging for it, which I think a lot of us were brought up on the starving artist or the artists and creatives don't make money mindset, which mm-hmm. kind of sucks. Yeah. Um, but any business owner, regardless of the industry, whether creative or whatever industry it is, knows that to be a business, you need to create income and generate revenue. Otherwise, you're not actually able to sustain a business. Yeah. And so knowing what your unique situation with your business, not anyone else's, but yours, is so important because you aren't in a business to compare yourself. You, you aren't in the Um, businesses that you're comparing yourself to, you're actually running yours. So you kind of need to know your own personal expenses. You need to know your own numbers so that you can put a dollar figure on what you're putting out there. And also remembering that you're actually generating value. You're creating something that is of value to your ideal customer. And like it's it's so easy to feel guilty about that because you're like I'm enjoying myself, but I'm sorry. Can I please be paid? Like yeah. it's just it's just going to be making it more difficult. So for our listeners, they might be sort of going, "Hmm, this is actually hitting a a raw nerve here in terms of I need to increase my prices or I need to review what my fixed costs are." So what are some of the signs? Um, if you're thinking that way, that indicate your pricing is too low? So I kind of like to think that if you've forgotten what the feeling of no, you're too expensive is, you're probably too cheap. If you're getting too many yeses, if you're getting so much demand that you can't keep up or you forget what a no feels like, you are like, yes, yes, everything's going really well and now I am inundated. if you're probably getting yeses all the time or if you get a fast yes that they barely flinched, you're probably too cheap. Um, Also, if you find yourself wishing that you had the ability to do more for the client but you don't have the money to kind of cover that, if it feels restrictive, then maybe building more wiggle room into your pricing so that you can do something nice or value add or do something extra and it's a nice surprise for the client. So it's kind of... I kind of actually liken it back to a gift box of when a gift box comes uh, and lands on your uh, door that you've bought 
and it's got five items in it and you only thought there was going to be four, Mm. like you already feel like you've got more value or it was upgraded to express shipping. Like if you're able to price yourself so that you can provide a little more extra, that's great. And that's going to be like generating more buzz and more joyful and loyal customers. Yeah. 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 And so Jazz, what is value-based pricing? Can you talk to us a bit about that? So value-based pricing is one of those little bit of a buzzy words lately. Um, I feel like a lot of people kind of just throw it around and be like, ah, charge value-based pricing. It's just a thing. But Realistically, when you get down to the core of it, value-based pricing is putting a dollar amount on the results of your time and skills rather than the time itself. So charging for the value that you're bringing is actually more about looking at the results than the hours. And this trips up a lot of people, regardless of the industry, you kind of sit there and go, okay, I've worked for 10 hours and therefore I will be charged for 10 hours. And that's kind of the general mentality of most careers. That's kind of how you get paid when you are employed. But when you've got your own business or when you're creating something, whether it be service or product, you're probably bringing more value than you're actually charging. And so it's actually looking at the value instead of going, this is how much I've done. Yeah, that's great. And so do you have a pricing method that you can take us through? So I like to kind of look at it this way. So let's say, for example, you build a website for a client. Um, You're a website builder. This is what you do on the daily. And it actually takes you 10 hours. And you know the value of your time is, say, for this example, $200 an hour. 10 hours, $200 an hour, $2,000. And in most cases, this is where the equation stops. A lot of people go, okay, I'm just charging my hourly. Now, that puts a cap on how many hours you can do. There is only so many hours, as much as we try to find more time in the world, there's only so many hours that you can actually bill for in this situation. But then if we go a little further and start asking, okay, what is the value that we're bringing? We can see that that's actually probably worth a little bit more than what we're bringing. So things we consider in this, are how much additional revenue does the client stand to make as part of what we're delivering and how soon are they actually going to make the return on investment? Mm -hmm. So if the job actually makes the ROI or return on investment in the first month, then it was probably more valuable than what we charged. Mm -hmm. So what is the recommended retail of what they're selling? How much are they actually selling? Say, for instance, you create a product for someone and then they go and sell it and they kind of sell out and have covered all the costs and have made all of the money and you've still only made a little bit in comparison to what that is, does that play into the value of what we are selling to the customer and what sort of problem are we trying to solve that the customer can't solve themselves? The old adage of like, uh, if you think it's expensive to hire a professional, hire an amateur and to pay double, it's so true because uh, a professional is bringing value. So for this this example, if we've considered all of these factors, uh, in addition to that $2,000 that we're charging for the website for the time that we've put in, we may also work out that it's based on what they're selling, how much additional revenue they stand to make. It may end up that it's worth closer to three or $4,000. And that's where you start making sure that you can deliver the value. It's all well well and good to be like, oh, it's actually more and I'm just going to charge more. But this is also going to be giving you the opportunity to provide and deliver the value that you're actually putting on that price tag and making sure it's justified. So it might be 
you're able to have more time that you are able to jump on the phone or you are able to upskill for your own self, but then apply that to that future job. And it means that you're more valuable. You get a more custom, a better customer retention. And it also means that your customer is more proud. So they're going to brag about you. They're going to actually say to other people, hey, I used this person and they were fantastic. This is why. And I have the same thing with my customers and my clients. They know that if they share me with others, they're proud of it. They're happy to share, but they've also been coached in saying, this is Jasmine. She's fantastic and she's expensive. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. And so what are some of the creative uh, ways that you can add value without adding the extra cost? So I think that you and I can both attest to this, that when you're a business owner, you are in your business. It is growing on your skin. It is literally, you are fully immersed in this puddle of business. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes you need someone on the outside to help you see what what your business is actually looking like from the outside. Mm -hmm. So, and a person who is a professional in kind of adding value and finding different ways is able to suggest things to help with that kind of everyone's business overwhelm that we definitely, definitely get. Mm-hmm. So say, for instance, you might be creating some packaging for a client that needs illustrations. Okay, that's the product, that's the project. But you might also be able to offer them that they can use those illustrations as social graphics or on their website or something that increases the value of what you're bringing but doesn't increase the time that you're actually spending on the project. Mm. So finding creative ways of actually repurposing things and kind of like when you cook a meal at night and you've only got, you got leftover veggies. Great. I'm going to put that in a quiche. So if you're able to find a different way, you can tell that I really, really love food. I talk a lot about food. (laughs) Um, So if you can repurpose um, and use that same sort of mentality of, everything has finite, oh, sorry, infinite value and infinite opportunity to be repurposed. It's really beneficial. And often the clients don't know what they don't know. As a professional creative in the relationship, it's up to you to suggest what they need. Something that you will find they hadn't even considered, they might even not even know that they need. And as long as it comes across as helping, Mm. not selling, you are golden. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so... You know, in terms of what do you find holds product business owners back from raising prices? You know, what do you think are the main sort of three three things that sort of stop them from putting their prices up? Yeah. So one is that they worry that the past customer will be angry. Yeah. They'll sit there and they'll be like, oh, they're going to turn around and be like, I ch- I paid less when I bought it back in 1973. Well, look, world's changed. Um, they think that they're, um, they're going to be angry because it's now more expensive than it used to be. They think that the customer, when they come back, was going to be like turned off from purchasing. They're not going to be interested. That's it. But let's flip that. Let's look at it from a different angle. So say, for instance, you saw something is now more expensive than when you got it a year ago at a cheaper price. 
wouldn't you actually regard it now as being more valuable? Like you bought something that was a hundred dollars and now it's 150 and you were like, well, I, I got it when it was a hundred dollars. Yeah. I'm all fancy stuffs. And so the same goes for your customer. It opens them up to opportunities. It also opens you up to opportunities to rewarding loyalty and showing growth. Like if you're sharing your story and going, well, we've become more expensive because of this, because we've added more value, because you know, I've got a client of mine who, They've upped their prices of their product as a direct result of bringing their um, offshore production back to Australia. And so if you can show something that is actually more valuable and then being added to the price, the customer won't be as uh, negative about paying more because they understand. Um, And secondly, I would say the biggest trap most people fall into is they're pricing like it's coming out of their own back pocket. They're charging like it's them that's paying the bill and it's not. You aren't paying for it. You aren't your target market and you aren't the customer or the client. You have no idea what their situation is, what their budget is for what they're doing. Can you imagine if someone told you, oh, you can't afford me? I would be so offended because they've made some pretty quick judgments based on what their assumptions are about me. And so if you give them the option, because this is what it is, sales is not um, step one, sell, step two, they buy. It's step one, offer them the opportunity to buy or to be part of whatever you're doing. It's it's about that kind of giving them the choice because they're making a choice. They're not definitely going to say yes. They're mm. making a choice whether it's be between yes or no or one, two, three products. They're mm. options for them. And three, I think probably the other one would be that they're just scared. Mm. It, the change is scary mm. in whatever situation it is. They They potentially don't feel like they've, really found their tribe of people. And that's kind of what it comes down to is your business is actually creating a space for people who are your ideal customers, clients, people to hang out, to have something that connects them. So, you know, there's a a bangle company um, that's in just past Geelong, Bee Bangles. They have it so that everyone is part of this bangle community. Everyone votes, everyone gets a say. And when you see someone else wearing that out, you go, hey, you're we're connected by this. Mm. So product businesses, it's it is very hard to raise the prices because you feel guilty. And so if you can create it so that you're creating a community for them and then they're proud to be part of the community, they won't feel so bad about a raised price. Yeah. I mean, there's situations that I know, you know, there's the Tiffany paperclip. I think it's yeah. $1,800. Yeah, $1,800. I mean, why would anyone want to spend that sort of money? Like it's about actually having something that has that brand association that they just, there's no value in that, but the brand name carries mm-hmm. all the all the, the, the price tag. Most um, definitely. I mean, I've even, um, you know, gone a bit silly and I think I spent $100 on a um, really gorgeous, um, the Nudie Rudy uh, bath mat. You know, I think that was like $89 or $99 for a bath. Could have got something for $5 from Kmart. That's not what it's about. I just wanted it. And I think people buy with emotion. Uh, Mm -hmm. When it comes to children and pets, being in this um, product coaching space for the last five years, I just see how crazy 
people go about spending money on their their fur children or their real children, their their human children. People don't buy with logic, they buy with emotion. And I think it's about tapping in and getting out of your own way when you have to raise your price that like you said, it's not coming out of your pocket. You don't know the financial situation of other people and how emotionally they feel that there's value and that they have to have it. Mm-hmm, most definitely. At if you can tap price. into that, if yeah. you can tap into that and find that you're solving a problem for them, oh, people are so grateful. Like, you know, even just, you may think, oh, this gift box is not solving a problem. Well, it is. They might be completely lost of what to buy that person and yeah. you're box solves that problem so therefore it's valuable yeah exactly exactly Um, and so finally jazz what should they do if they do receive that sort of feedback that you know oh that's a bit high or that's a bit expensive or i'm not sure about that Mm -hmm. so ask yourself these three questions one are they actually my ideal customer If they aren't, then that's fine. They can move on. They weren't for (laughs) you anyway. That's why I have a, I I often get told I'm too expensive and straight away, it's not a damn, I wish I had got that. It's a, okay, you wouldn't have seen the value I was bringing anyway. Two, what are they basing this on? Is it comparatively within the market that you're sitting? And if so, what are you doing differently that you can see justifies your heightened cost? And even if it isn't justified, be aware that, this is relevant, but don't let it define what you're doing and how you're doing it. Yeah. And finally, ask if it's true <laughs> or is it an opinion? Because yeah. being told you are too expensive is actually an opinion, not a fact. Yeah. It's based on the thoughts, experiences and situation of that particular customer, not on the product or the service that you're delivering. So as long as you have the facts to back it up, that you can communicate your value, that you know that you aren't for everyone, you can price literally whatever you want because it's your business, not theirs. You are not for everyone. You are not dairy milk. That's that's a really, that's a great piece of advice. I think everyone needs to, who's listening um, today to take away that you are not for everyone, that there is a, um, a market for everything and it's a matter of that alignment coming through where it really connects and people do get excited people are loyal I've got um, one of my very favorite all-time clients from a few years ago she has these beautiful Spanish imported um, women's slides with a back strap now they are gorgeous and they come in all sorts of colors and you know metallics She's got customers that have 15 pairs. I have 14 Spice Samantha dresses. <gasps> oh, wow. Yeah. So and the, 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 you become a collector. A, you do become a collector and there's pride in collection. Like, and come on, we go way back into when you were a child and collecting, you know, beanie bears and Pokemon cards. Like it's yeah. all about creating something that the customer actually can't live without yeah. in and their brain. They- FOMO when there's scarcity you've got you cannot miss out you know you exclusivity yeah exclusivity yeah that's the key isn't it I mean that's why everyone went so crazy with the minis at Coles when they were all coming out and it was like okay well we have to have this you know that's whether it looks like whether it comes across as just a fun little thing that was marketing 
that was were buying things, selling them for hundreds and hundreds of dollars, like a gold, some sort of gold thing that was acceptable. That's it. <laughs> um, and I, I don't get the concept of that with supermarkets that you have to bring your own bag for recycling or purchase a plastic bag, you know, for environmental, but then they're producing plastic toys for kids as, you know. I just feel like it would have been better if they like melted down all of the bags that even just (laughs) I've brought back to Coles because, you know, living in lockdown for the last 72 years or what it feels like 72 years is um, it's been really interesting that, you know, you end up getting a plethora of bags and it would have been really kind of cool to see them melt them down and make them into toys and so that it works. But yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Repurpose, recycle. I know it would be really lovely for them not to bring out, you know, plastic incentive toys for people to collect and rather do something that's mm-hmm. more eco-friendly. So, well, that's been wonderful, Jasmine. Thank you so much for being here with us. If any of my listeners want to find you or, or where, where do you hang out? So you can mainly find me on Instagram. Uh, I am JH Designs on Instagram. Don't you love when you organize a Instagram handle and then you go to change it and someone else has got your Instagram handle? So if you do look up uh, Jasmine Designs or Pricing Queen, you will find me. Um, So I generally hang out there. Otherwise, it's jasminedesigns.com.au is my website or easyaspiepricing.com. And I've got all kind of different resources, courses, sources. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So, well, everyone, I hope you found today's chat as exciting as I did. If you have loved this episode, please make sure to share it with a friend or leave us a review so that more people can find us. It's time for me to say goodbye and I'll see you in our next episode. Loved this episode of Products to Profits? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate and leave a review. It's very much appreciated.